Hello, friends, and welcome to a special Saturday edition of the Sco Show. And as you can tell from the poignant music, this is not a happy Sco Show. Because if you're just waking up, if you're just getting in front of a computer, in front of your phone, in front of your tablet, you might just be seeing the news that Patriots quarterback Cam Newton, according to a report from Adam Schefter and Field Yates, has tested positive for COVID-19 and as such is out for tomorrow's game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is a 425 CBS national game and now... We're left to wonder who will be taking the snaps for the New England Patriots when they go to Arrowhead Stadium and take on the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. So here, quickly, on this emergency installment, episode 139 of the Sco Show, we'll talk about what they might do at quarterback for tomorrow. And we'll also dive deeper into what they might do against this Chiefs offense, which now takes on even more importance and pressure. You're already talking about going up against a high-powered offense when you think you have QB1. Now you don't. So there's even less of a margin for error. So let's dive in quickly to the thoughts about what this Patriots offense might look like. And it obviously has to start with who's going to be taking the snaps. And in all likelihood, it's Brian Hoyer. Jared Stidham, as of this very moment, is still dealing with a groin injury. If you remember, at the end of August, the end of training camp, the reports out of camp were that Stidham was dealing with a groin injury. And in the weeks since, there's been some report and some speculation that it was a, gro- a grade one groin tear, which is usually four to six weeks. So in all likelihood, he's not ready to go. And he probably hasn't been practicing. Now, he's not on pop. He's not on IR. So I guess theoretically... They could insert him into the starting lineup, but I doubt it. And now it's a wonder is if he's going to be able to be back up QB2 behind Brian Hoyer. And so that's a massive question mark. There's also the question of what will this offense look like with Brian Hoyer? Obviously, it's not going to have the run game stuff that we have seen. The zone read looks, the QB power looks, the Q power on the goal line and in short yardage situations. You're not doing that with Brian Hoyer, generally speaking, because that's not his game. And now if you're really thin at quarterback, you're not going to expose your quarterback to those types of plays. So that's a huge question mark. So it's going to be more of the run game focused, traditional run game focused Probably more of the quick passing game focused. Brian Hoyer is not somebody you're dropping into the starting lineup to push the ball downfield in the vertical passing game. So that's a drawback as well. And then look, there's a real world situation, a real world reality that we have to at least consider for a moment here. And I'm not just saying this because the New England Patriots just lost their starting quarterback before a huge game. Are we going to see other positive tests as a result of this? And if so, what happens then? Does this game go forward or not? We're seeing in Tennessee that game that they were supposed to play this week has been postponed and pushed back a couple of weeks. And we're seeing, while it might be at the end of it, more positive tests out of Tennessee today that we all woke up to on Saturday morning. If we start to hear word out of New England, out of this locker room, that there's a couple of other positive tests, 
what happens? Does this game even go forward? I don't think you can push it back because of one player, but two, three, four, five. That's a different story. In a sense, this is the harsh reality of proceeding with a football season in this time, in this climate. And as we're seeing on a more non-football way, in a more non-football way, this virus can get to anyone. And so we, we hope for the best for Cam Newton and his loved ones. But in terms of the football realities, there are a lot of things to consider here. And we certainly hope, look, as much as it might be a negative and that the Patriots might have a tougher time winning tomorrow if this game goes forward, I think we hope it goes forward because it means that there were no other positive tests. If this game doesn't go forward, in all, in all likelihood, it means we get more positive tests. We have a bigger situation to deal with. And that might mean we have not one in Tennessee, but two in Tennessee and New England teams now dealing with an outbreak of COVID-19 in their locker rooms. The NFL did a tremendous job. The coaches, the players, the organizations did a tremendous job during the summer, during training camp. Tested numbers were extremely low. But I think the fear in the back of everybody's mind was that what happens when the games start playing? What happens when these teams start moving? Because they were basically in bubble environments during training camp. There were no joint practices. There were no preseason games. They were kept to themselves. And anybody that's been through training camp will tell you, when the day is over, you go home, you sleep. Like You're not going out to doing anything at night. But once the game starts and you have a bit more free time on your hands, you know, guys move around a bit. Now, I'm not saying that's Cam Newton. Every time I hop on Instagram, I see a... Could be midnight, couldn't it be 6 a.m.? And he's posting Instagram stories of him on the bike. So, I mean, my impression of Cam Newton is that the day gets done, he goes home and he continues to work when he's done watching film. And, he, and we've all heard the first guy in, last guy out situation. But the thing with COVID-19 is that you could do everything right and somebody else has a slip up and you contract it. So yeah, it's been a Saturday morning. I think in an ideal world, this game goes forward because there are no other positive tests. We see sort of a Brian Hoyer-led offense that is going to rely heavily on the run game, heavily on the quick passing game. Try not to make mistakes. Don't give Patrick Mahomes and company a short field and rely on the defense. And that's what we're going to talk about next because... Got to talk about something. Up next, we'll talk about the potential defensive game plan ahead against Patrick Mahomes. Here on episode 139A, Sullen, episode 139 of The Sco Show. Mark Schofield back with you here on episode 139 of The Sco Show, an emergency pod. The news that Cam Newton has tested positive for COVID-19 and is out for Sunday's game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And look, our boy, Taylor Kyles, T. Kyles, 39. Cam Newton has been working out like a lunatic for months, is one of the most physically imposing people on the planet, and still caught COVID-19. And that's the reality that we're dealing with. And I know I've used that word a lot in the first half of the show, reality, but that's what we're dealing with. 
We're dealing with things bigger than the X's and O's, which of course I'm about to dive into. Also, I did want to shout out at the beginning of this, you heard some sullen music that is, of course, for those that recognized it, the TikTok of the cat staring out over the skyline. One of my favorite little TikToks yet. Um, I ripped the music from that. I didn't want to go full on sadness, but I felt like it. And I've already seen a lot of people DMing me the album cover from Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and the Infinite Sadness. Love my listeners. My listeners are the best. Let's talk defense now because it takes on added importance because I got the assignment from Doug Farrar over at USA Today this week to write about how you stop Patrick Mahomes. And you've probably seen by now the tweet kind of went, not viral, but viral in the football world sense of the X's and O's. I drew it up on the whiteboard in my office with Hardman, Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire on offense and a big old question mark on defense. How do you stop these guys? How do you stop these guys? And in the football DMs this week, I included this in the article. I didn't highlight and didn't say who it was, but I will in the pod because we're all friends and I did get it cleared. We were talking on Monday night in one of the, one of the DMs about how you stop Kansas City. And I came out and said, look, you've got to get pressure with three. You've got to get pressure with four. You've got to be able to play cover two over the top. You've got to be able to play man coverage at times against these guys. You've got to take somebody that can cover the, the tight end, Travis Kelsey. You've got to get somebody that can lock down at least one of the receivers so you can dedicate those two safeties in other directions. Like that's what you've got to do to stop these guys. And you've got to be able to stop the run when you go light because you need to go light to have extra bodies in the secondary to cover all their weapons. And Benjamin Solak responded with, that's a big plus two in the box, plus one to the field, plus one to the boundary, plus two over the top. We've got three All-Americans in our secondary. Kind of high school defensive coordinator energy there. Riffing off a Betts tweet at All-22 on Twitter. But that's what it seems like. You have to be able to do almost Herculean things to stop them. Now, we have seen in recent history... In just two of their last, say, eight games, teams come pretty close to doing it, right? The Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54. The 49ers were able to get pressure with four up front. They were able to play zone coverage and keep things in front of them. And they were able to slow down this offense. Same thing with the Chargers. They were able to get pressure up front. They were able to play zone coverage in the secondary, and they were able to slow down this offense. The problem was they could only do it for, say, 52 minutes of a 60-minute game. You have to be perfect for all 60 minutes. And if you slip up, they are going to beat you in the blink of an eye, as happened against the Chargers, and it's happened against the 49ers. And oh, by the way, the other thing, both of those defensive fronts had a Bosa brother. And unless there's a third Bosa brother around that they can sign off the street right now, you can't do that. And so I think what likely happens is what the Patriots have done to this team in the past, which has had some success, right? They beat them in the regular season two years ago. They beat them in the AFC Championship game two years ago. It was a one-score game last year. And if you look back at those three games, you see some common themes from Bill Belichick's entire time in the National Football League, right? 
We all know when it comes to Bill Belichick, pre-head coach Bill Belichick, the thing that made him famous, the thing that from him is in the Hall of Fame is that Super Bowl 25 game plan. When he walked into that Giants locker room, a team that prided itself on stopping the run and said, we're going to let Thurman Thomas rush for 100 yards. They thought he was crazy. But Belichick looked at that Bill's offense and said, the thing that worries me more is James Lofton and Andre Reid over the top. And even Thurman Thomas out of the backfield, that passing game. So I'm going to dare them to run the football. I think that's what you do. As an aside, was Belichick the grandfather of running backs don't matter? My column. And so I think that's what they do. And we've seen this before, right? In the piece I wrote at USA Today, I've got clips from years ago, you know, past couple of years against this team, where they would go 3-2-6. They would use the tight front up front, which we've talked about here. Somebody head up on the center, guys on the shoulders of the guards or on the tackles. You condense everything. You push it to the outside where you have numbers. You could still be gap sound up front. We've got some news as I'm sitting here recording this. Adam Schefter, Patriots are supposed to leave for Kansas City at 1. The flight is not leaving then. The Patriots players are leaving the team facility. This has the sounds of a postponement. But we'll forge ahead in the minutes we have to talk about this game if, in fact, it does go forward. So I think you play light up front. You dare them to run the football. And then in terms of what you do in the secondary, they've done a mix. They've done a mix over the years, right? Some one-cross... Some cover two last year. They did a lot more just straight cover two last year in that game in the regular season than I expected when I rewatched it this week. I also think, as we've seen before, when you play some sort of man coverage, cover one, cover one cross, cover one robber, whatever it is, you're going to see Gilmore on Watkins. That seems to be their MO. I did want to talk in a second in, a, in the USA Today piece I wrote the one cross, they did a tremendous job of it on an interception from the regular season game last year when they ran Robinson and Hill on crossers. Hill was in the slot. Jonathan Jones was on him. He's working right to left. And in the one cross coverage, you've got a safety that drops down to play the robber right at the sticks, and that's Devin McCourty. As Mahomes takes the snap and scans the field, he sees Hill coming with Jonathan Jones right on him, running towards McCourty, who's dropping down, and he's thinking this is going to be a double so he comes off of it and looks to Robinson working left to right on his crosser working against J.C. Jackson. The problem, Jonathan Jones literally just passes him off to McCourty and fills his robber role at the sticks. And in doing so, he then works over the top of Robinson to pick him up because he's working towards him. They exchange it so well and they use the leverage advantage that they have that McCourty is able to just take Hill away because he basically has a head start on him because he's coming towards him. But Mahomes sees that potential double team, comes off of it, and looks to Robbins, who now has J.C. Jackson and trail technique underneath him. He's got Jonathan Jones over the top of him. It's a much harder throw to make. He can't make it. It's picked. And Steven Ruiz at For the Win over at USA Today, talked about how the matchups that the Patriots have, they can treat it like a basketball team. They can play favorable matchups on defense. And they do have that potential. Like I said, you could put Jackson on somebody, Jones on somebody, Gilmore on Watkins to lock him down. Maybe it's Duggar, maybe it's Williams, somebody on Kelsey to lock them down. The problem becomes the rookie. Because in those past three games, 
They didn't have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now they do have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's much tougher out of the backfield. And the one thing that has literally, I kid you not, woken me up this week from a sound sleep has been the thought of Jawan Bentley on Clyde Edwards-Alaire in a man-covered situation on a wheel route out of the backfield. Now that might mean you go really light. You go 3-1-7. Or even as they did last year, 1-3-7. But those three guys are Duggar and Phillips and Bentley, those linebackers. And you go really light. So this game might come down to, again, if it gets played, does Andy Reid take the bait and run the football as Bill Belichick dares him to? Or does he say, you want to get light? I don't care. I'm still throwing the ball. Every year, the, the, the football gods give us some great schematic matchups, and this might be one of the best of the calendar year, which is why we hope it goes forward. Fingers crossed that it does. Fingers crossed we don't get any positive tests other than Cam Newton. Fingers crossed for Cam Newton and his family and loved ones. Fingers crossed for everyone. Look, I, I, I feel like I just... Whenever I talk to people, whenever I talk to podcast hosts, radio hosts, whatever, I always feel like I'm talking about and using that phrase, fingers crossed. I feel like my fingers are broken right now from crossing them for the past eight months. But here we are. And it's not going away. And it's just been a hard year. And it was nice. To, I was texting with somebody, with somebody that covers the league and also covers the Chiefs today. I was texting with them first thing this morning talking about this game and the conversation turned into, well, 2020 has been something, man, huh? And we were both just like, yeah, but it's it, it, at least we've got football now. And fingers crossed we still do come tomorrow morning. But folks, that will do it for this emergency installment. Stay safe. Wash those hands. Continue to be vigilant. Fingers crossed for everybody, not just in the league, not just in this Patriots locker room, but everybody as we continue to deal with COVID-19. Wash those hands. And what do you do? Sing along. And bless those Patriots reigns down in Foxborough.